Good evening, everyone. Let's take a moment of silence and just feel the blessings of God and Guru. It can be that quick, really. People sometimes say that I don't have an hour to meditate, so therefore I haven't, I don't really meditate yet. And it can be in a minute or 30 seconds, whatever it is, even a short meditation is very important. And the subject tonight is faith and meditating faithfully even doing a little one, even if it's a few moments, is better than skipping it and not having a meditation at all. So if we take maybe only one thing home with us today, it may be the thought to be faithful in even the little short meditations, because that is so important. I remember one time Encinitas was so busy, and Diamata came down and visited, and she could feel how, how much motion there was in work and activity. And she turned to me and said, are you satisfied with your spiritual life? <laughs> I told the interfaith ministers about that. We meet every month. And later on, one of them said, I wish the head of my church would ask me if I was satisfied with my spiritual life. But what I told her was, even though we're supposed to have a 30-minute meditation at noon, I told her, oh, Ma, I just knelt down in my room for 30 seconds, and it was overwhelming. And that seemed to satisfy her. So maybe that's one thing we can take back with us about this subject of faith that if we can be faithful, even in doing just a little bit regularly, then something wonderful will happen. The whole subject of faith has to do with developing a relationship with God. Doesn't that make sense? And everybody's interested in relationships. And that's what faith, that's what the bottom line of faith is, developing a relationship with God. Now, in the beginning, there may not be any relationship with God at all. SRF is so beautiful because we welcome everybody, those who don't believe. In other words, there may be people here tonight that's pretty new, this whole subject, and it's fine if you don't believe what I'm saying. Is that a surprise to some? Brother Ramanand and I were conducting a retreat in Montreal, and a gentleman came up during the retreat and said, I was born in Germany. From a child, I was interested in what was really real. And so I became a scientist. I became a particle physicist. I did all the experiments I could in Germany, and then I moved to the United States. And I did all the experiments that could be done in the United States. And now I've come across the border to your retreat in Montreal. And I'm asking you people, Self-Realization Fellowship. Now remember, he said, I don't believe in anything. I'm a pure scientist. And I'm trying to find out what is really real. Is it all right for me to study your teachings if I don't believe in anything. And we said, what did we say? Absolutely, yes. That's a great starting point. <laughs> and he said, I've done all the experiments that science can offer, and they haven't gotten down to what is really real. Do you have any experiments I can do? We said, you've asked the perfect question. <laughs> Guruji said, taking nothing for granted on emotional grounds or 
by faith. The yogi practices a certain series of exercises that have been mapped out by the ancient rishis. So in the subject of faith, it's fine to come to Self-Realization Fellowship with no faith in anything, only the spirit of inquiry. And if we look a little deeper, Swami Sri Yukteswarji said, that's not really correct, is it? That people don't have any faith. He said, it's inherent. And Guruji said, faith is latent in the soul. It needs to be uncovered. It needs to be cultivated. But it's latent in the soul. And so that's what we're going to be talking about tonight, how to cultivate this faith that starts out seemingly not there at all. And one of the things that Guruji said about faith, he said it's latent in the soul. Well, what is the soul? Now, okay, those people who don't believe, set this aside as theory, all right? You don't have to believe in the soul. At uh, San Diego Temple, the Sunday school teachers were having a meeting and one of the young teachers was showing them how to use sock puppets. And I almost brought one along today, but, it, but it's just a sock, you know, and it has the two eyes. You, you can put eyes on it and a nose and a mouth and put a little lip. It, it didn't have any arms <laughs> because it was only a sock. If it had had arms, I actually would have brought it and, <laughs> and held it in front of the camera and, and waved to the people downstairs. But you can imagine that I'm holding a sock puppet here. And there are the eyes and the nose and the mouth. And it was obvious to me as I stood in the doorway and to the teachers that this young teacher was the life in the puppet. I mean, it was her arm and hand coming down and animating the whole thing. Now, if we take that hand and put it right here, the eyes and the nose and the mouth that was on the sock, and we come around and say, what about my eyes and nose and mouth? What is animating me? What is animating each of you? Who are we? We didn't create ourselves. Our parents didn't create our consciousness. What is this soul? What are we? Guruji said, you say, I, 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 morning, noon, and night, but who are you? Don't you know that only God exists? Only God exists, and you are but his expression. Now that, I mean, try to put our minds around that one. All right, think, we've got here, we've got my nose and eyes and mouth looking at you, but only God exists. Now here I'm in human consciousness, but behind the human consciousness, then it goes back up to soul consciousness. It gets a bit bigger. Then it goes back up to Christ consciousness. And then it goes to cosmic consciousness or God consciousness, the only thing that exists. So that cosmic consciousness has become smaller in Christ consciousness has become smaller in soul consciousness, has come down the spine and into the body, and it's looking at you all through human consciousness. So that's one of the main points here about what the soul really is. It's tremendous. It goes all the way back into absolute consciousness of God. That is what has ended up as us. So we're this little dot of human consciousness with this latent, latent, wonderful stuff. And what's the result of that latency? Hope. 
Guruji said the latent soul, the faith in the soul that is latent that we don't know anything about, that faith that we don't know anything about is really a fountain. He said it's a wellspring of all of our hopes. So he said hope comes from this latent faith that is inside of everybody, even in that German scientist. Why was he wanting to find out what was really real? Because inside of him was this hope. Maybe it can be found. So Guruji said hope is very, very wonderful. We should hope for the highest and the best. And so this is something that we can cultivate. And he said we should cultivate. As we move on this, he said keep on hoping. So this is one of the ways in developing faith, in developing relationship with God, is to realize that it's latent in all of us. There's a tremendous consciousness which is behind our eyes and nose and mouth, something that is just wonderful, that is the wellspring of all of our hopes for everything. So we should keep on cultivating our hopes. This is a very practical way to develop faith, to cultivate faith. Now, as we move on the path of life and are cultivating our hopes, we wisen up and we learn about positive thinking. That the way to accomplish my hope is to be positive. Here's some theory, we don't need to believe it, but for those who do, it's very helpful. Positive thinking, even though we don't believe in God, makes use of how the universe came into being. And Guruji explains that first there was just the consciousness of God without any vibration at all. And then when God wanted to create that still consciousness, began to muse with this very subtle vibration of thought. And then that thought, he's God, the next step in making creation was to vibrate that thought more strongly until it became the astral light. So we can see how thought is making creation. There was consciousness, thought, the astral light, and the final step of making it was to vibrate that astral light more grossly until it became the subatomic particles, the virtual particles. Here we are in the physical world. So, this is the process that the Creator made in making creation. So that's the power of thought. And sooner or later, people with hopes and willpower realize, if I use my thought properly, I can visualize and I can use my action and I can create. Diamata has said, basically, positive thinking and faith are the same thing. So that's another thing that way that we can cultivate faith. One we talked about realizing that it's latent, then hoping, and then positive thinking. Guruji said we will want to think positively. Each thought creates according to its own nature. It's not our passing inspirations, the brilliant ideas that we have, but it's our everyday mental habits. So we, if we're cultivating faith, then one thing we can do is stop in the middle of the day and say, am I thinking negatively? Am I criticizing? Am I dwelling on some past hurt? Wow, I want to think positively because each thought creates according to its nature. When we get our thoughts under control, we will find they are veritable miracle workers, Guruji said. Each thought creates according to its nature. So then we begin to learn about thinking positively about our bodies and, and creating health. There was an experiment that was done by a researcher and they had some people practicing a five finger piano exercise. And then they had another group that was just imagining, thinking about practicing. In other words, the one group used their fingers and practiced it, and the other group just thought about each finger and the motion it would make. 
And then they examined the motor cortex of the brain afterwards to find out what had happened and what increased development there had been because of this activity in the people who were really playing it. And they found the increased uh, use of that brain, part of the brain, and then they examined the people who only thought about it. And they found the same changes. In other words, they say that just thinking rewires the brain. So this is how we can have, get health. You know, and this is the power behind the placebos, because we think we're going to have health, and this is going to fix me up. So there's the thought. It affects the light. It affects the energy, and it takes place. Isn't that wonderful? So now we're developing faith, positive thinking, even about our health. But Guruji said, this isn't unusual. People of all sorts learn about positive thinking and, and they don't believe in God. They just use these principles to be healthy, to get what they want in the world. This is nothing unusual. What God wants to hear. Isn't that beautiful, <laughs> what Guruji said? What God wants to hear from each of us is that we are developing a personal relationship. His words were, remember, God wants to see, God wants to hear that we are remembering our relationship with him. Now, I'm going to kind of get off course a little bit here and talk about this relationship is not just a one-way thing from us to God, that we're remembering this relationship. God plays with us also. And I went to India in 1972 and lived there for about four years altogether. But after I'd been there for about four months, then another devotee arrived from United States. And he came to Ranchi where I was and the other monks decided, wouldn't it be nice to take him on an outing into the forest? Well, they never took me on an outing into the forest. We just got to work working. So we all went to the forest, and we took our picnic lunch with us, and we decided to, everybody, go off on your own, meditate, refresh yourself, and then come back together, and we'll have lunch together. Well, I was a little bit late getting back to lunch. And they were already eating. And this visitor from the United States said, Oh, it's too bad you're so late because you missed the best part. You missed the Swiss cheese sandwiches. <laughs> and I literally went into a state of shock. I knew there were no Swiss cheese sandwiches for hundreds of miles around. <laughs> but it caught me by surprise so much and shock that I, my face registered real shock. He was horrified <laughs> that he'd done that to me. He said, forgive me, no, look, this was just a joke. It's all right, you know. <laughs> So I got over it. <laughs> and we went back to the ashram, and several months went by. And one morning, about 10.30 in the morning, I was working there alone. And a lady came in with a great big package about this big. And I didn't know her. She said, I've just come down from Nepal. And in Nepal, they have wonderful dairies that were created by the Europeans who came to that area. And so I have brought from Nepal, all the way on the trains and everything, this for you. And I knew she meant for the ashram, but there wasn't anybody else in the ashram, in the, in the office. So I <laughs> took it and opened it, 
It was the biggest hunk of cheese I had ever seen. Now, we're talking about developing a relationship here. And I was immediately embarrassed and ashamed because it felt to me that she was standing there, I was standing here, and I didn't see anything, but it felt to me as if Guruji was standing here. And that he was saying to me, do you think that if I want you to have cheese, <laughs> I can't give it to you? And so he says, I want to hear that you are remembering this relationship that we have, you know? So they work on it too. Somebody was going through some very heavy tests and he had to go to a meeting and he did not like what was going to be the result of the meeting. He knew what it was going to be ahead of time and God had been trying to tell him, surrender, surrender, surrender. And he slowed down to let a car come out of a shopping center and get in front of him. And the sign on the back bumper said, surrender. <laughs> let the river flow. And he thought, isn't that so touching? God is working from his side on this relationship. Well, then, getting back to where we were about positive thinking, thinking that, oh, there's more, we need to develop a relationship with God, then people can start to think about praying. And Guruji said such radical changes are possible through prayer, because then prayer transcends law, and God can intervene. And faith healing, for example, in faith healing, the person's antenna, Guruji called faith an antenna, that is just reaching out there for the energy of God. If the person thinks, oh, God can't heal me, I'm not going to, it just closes it off. But if the antenna says, I know God can do anything, that brings that, that allows that intercession and that healing to take place. Another story from India about, uh, it, I don't think I was actually praying, but there was the result anyway. I was, I guess I should have been praying, I was wanting. And maybe that's enough of a prayer with God's blessings. But I had been given responsibility to look after the dairy there. And uh, <laughs> I never thought about that. Thank you, God. That was 1975 or 6, and he was playing with me then so I could finally get it from you when you laughed. Oh, my God. If we take anything home from this little thing tonight, faith is developing a relationship, okay? If that's all we take home from this. Well, so, this dairy. The cows did not eat anything green like they did up in Nepal. They ate straw and dry meal that we purchased. And I realized that we had to grow green food for them in the ashram. So I was given some land to grow it on. It was the highest corner where there was very little water. And I realized we've got to get water up there. How do you get water high when in India, water like here flows down <laughs> and it's all surface irrigation? So coming from America, I wanted sprinklers. A whole year went by and I dragged a hose over that whole couple of acres and the corn just came up this high. 
And I guess it was a prayer. Because Swami Sri Yukteswar said, if there's something that we need that is not in the universe, it will be created for us. Well, in Ranchi, there was no aluminum pipe irrigation company. But they opened in Ranchi when I needed it, and I was their first customer. So talk about prayers being answered. This relationship is what we're thinking about here. And they can be fun, but then we get to the hard parts. And life certainly now has its hard parts. And Guruji said, we will be brought to our knees in devotion, or in desperation. We can remember those two, devotion or desperation. And I, being at the temple, hear the stories from people's lives of relationships, finances, health, jobs, everything collapsing all at once, and accidents, and loved ones dying, and injuries and not dying, and the enormity, it's awesome, of what we go through. And recently I was reading some of the stories from the Mahabharata, and I weighed those tragedies and in the impossible situations that people were put in, in the Mahabharata, against the impossible situations that I hear in the lives of the devotees and wondered which was more traumatic, which was greater. To me, they were comparable. And even here, when it's not fun, is a wonderful opportunity to grow this relationship. Kunti, Arjuna's mother, was approached by Krishna after the war, the Kurukshetra war, and Krishna went up to her and said, now I need to take leave from you. I need to go back to Dwaraka. And she said, Krishna, <laughs> you're not fooling us. There you are pretending to be Krishna, but we know who you really are. And she said, Lord, please grant me a boon. What would it be, that everything be bright and shiny and no more war? She said, bless us that we will always have misfortune after misfortune visiting us because then our minds will always be with you. To her, that relationship was more important than a smooth life. And Adayamata has said, when these tragedies happen to us and to our cities and to our world, that whatever it is, think about it, if God exists, it is also coming with his blessing. So no matter how difficult it is, we can always take some benefit from it, even from a tragedy. These things will force, can force us to, we can run away from God or we can decide to go toward God and then we can get the benefit. And so we should face them. There was a skydiver who was skydiving with his army buddy. They'd done it 50 times, more times, way up there. And in the middle of the air with their parachutes not yet open, they were crisscrossing. And in that completely open sky, they hit each other. 
His body was killed. He lost his legs when he landed on the ground. His wife left him. Everything went wrong. But he said later on, through that incident, I am a better individual. There's a picture of him standing on his artificial legs on skis. <laughs> so he learned to ski again. And with his artificial limbs, he sky, skydived into his reenlistment ceremony with the military. So he decided to take some advantage from whatever it was. So we should face them realizing, I can get an advantage out of this. Somebody was going through a very difficult divorce, a relative of mine, and I said right at the beginning, can you get some advantage from this? And this has gone on for years, six, seven years or longer. And every once in a while he says, I am growing. I am getting a benefit from it. So then what do we do? When we, we've got this traumatic thing, whatever it is, maybe a whole bunch of things, we look at them and we face it. And then where do we go? Diamata said we should take these things to God. Lauren Green, movie actor, remember how many know who he was? Yes, good, okay, great, everybody. Before he, before he was choosing to be, I don't know who movie actors are. Before he was choosing that career, he was enlisting in, in the college. And he found that he couldn't take, he was enlisting in chemical engineering, and he wanted to take theater, and he couldn't take both. And he was suddenly confused on enrollment day. He put the dimes or the quarters in the phone, and he called his dad, and he, three minutes he wanted to say the whole thing, and his dad said, slow down. Isn't this wonderful? I have to go to Toronto tomorrow. I can stop by Kingston, and on the way we can have time to talk about this. So when they talked, Lauren Green convinced himself that he wanted to become a movie actor. So that's what he signed up for. And later he found that his father did not need to go to Toronto at all. He made that long trip because he realized his son needed him. And Lorne Green said, you know, I could always talk to the man. Isn't that beautiful? Put a capital M on it. We can always talk to God. That is the place to go. One of the saints said to people, I don't have any wisdom. I don't have any devotion. I only know I have recourse to God. So whatever the hurt is, the magnitude, we take it and we lay it there. Now, Swami Sri Yukteswar said we should always have implicit faith in the loving kindness of our Heavenly Father. Diamata has said something very interesting and humorous in the cassette on karma yoga. It's a wonderful thing to listen to. We're now talking about this relationship. In our evolution, we get the sense that we may be a soul, God may be there. We start praying. We realize this is where we need to take our problems. And then she said an interesting thing happens. We, she said we need to be careful that we are not so attached to our own desires of what we want to happen that we, she said, twist God's arm to try to get him to do what we want done in the situation or to twist his arm to tell us what we want him to tell us. <laughs> she said there's a danger in that, in our relationship with God, that we need to realize that maybe what he wishes for us is different from what we want, and maybe it's actually better. So this brings us to the point of the, probably the deepest point in this whole thing is our will or God's will. 
and this whole subject of surrender, which is such a nice, round, full subject. It includes surrender, it includes love for God, veneration of his supremacy, it involves faith. A, a nice term is shraddha, which is devotional faith. So we go to God with this trust, this devotion, this surrender. When something happened to me that I usually don't get afraid, I don't have fear, but something happened that shocked me to my bones and gave me the greatest fear of my whole life. And what I did, fortunately, was I went running to God and knelt down in my altar and didn't move until there was a resolution, until there was a solution. So always we can go running to God with this absolute surrender to God is the criterion of faith. Talking about surrender, brother, you know, Brother Turiananda was in the Swiss military, and we were young monks working under him, and I was in the book department, and he kind of supervised book department. He was usually outside. And often, most of the time, he had us outside also, away from the manual typewriters. And we carried the mops and the buckets and uh, washed the floors and pushed the wheelbarrows and moved the rocks. He called us his gun carriers. But one day we were at the old manual typewriter filling out book orders for bookstores, and he came striding into the office, and he brought down his fist on the top of a metal filing cabinet. Boom! And he said, if you want more strength, boom! Surrender. <laughs> Surrender, because that opens up this little soul, that little human ego that we are, to the soul, to the vast powers of God that are ready to come in and help. Guruji said that he wanted, he was writing to Rajasi Janakananda from India, and he said how much he had wanted the temple in Calcutta. But he said God frustrated his desire by a series of miraculous happenings. Is that how we feel when God frustrates our desires? Oh, a miracle, a miracle, he stopped my desire. <laughs> and he said he gave raunchy instead, which satisfied me more than a million temples in Calcutta. And then he said something very beautiful. This is page 98 in the Rajasi Memorial Booklet. He wrote to Rajasi, Master did, saying, now I see, and this is the subject of surrender that we're talking about, now I see I have always to find the divine's wish and also to perform it according to the divine's wishes then there is infinite joy. And that's the surrender again. And that's, keeping the that's developing the relationship no matter what the circumstances are. And we can surrender to the guru. One of the devotees was a Kriyaban, a young man, and he strayed a bit with his friends and he got with the wrong company, and he got with drugs. And then I met him years later, and he said that he had reached the point where all his friends were either dead or in jail. Now this was a Kriyabon young man, and he had gone way somewhere else. He said all my friends were dead or in jail, and I realized that I was in hell, the way I was feeling and thinking and perceiving, and that I could not get out and it would last forever. And then the next thought he thought was, but I still have a guru, 
And when he thought that thought, you know, that's turning to the Guru again, that's opening up. He said everything suddenly became clear to him and he understood how he had gotten into the predicament and how to get out. Just by turning to the Guru and saying, I still have a Guru. And that's the relationship, isn't it? Just wonderful. And what this brings then is relaxation. When Arjuna went through his so big troubles, chapter 2, verse 7 of the Bhagavad Gita, with my inner nature overshadowed by weak sympathy and pity. This is Arjuna, the best devotee there is, long into his spiritual path. With a mind in bewilderment about duty, turning to Krishna, I implore thee to advise me, what is the best path for me to follow? I am thy disciple. Teach me whose refuge is in thee. And with this came an inner relaxation. And then the Gita changes. Krishna smiles on the devotee. And then his tears are tears of joy because he begins to feel a response. And then in this relaxation, then we can begin to do the meditation techniques because it's really hard to do them when we're all wound up, isn't it? The Sanskrit word for faith is vishwas. Guruji said it's sometimes thought of to breathe easy, but really it means without breath. And that's the meaning of faith. That's the Sanskrit word for faith. So faith really comes in the deep meditation or when we're forming this relationship again. So we're forming the relationship in meditation and we're forming it in activity when we're trying to do God's will. And then, you know, we do the techniques, they elevate our consciousness, like up the spine to the higher states, like going up in the elevators here. Things look different from the top floor than they do down here. That's the result of meditation, when we lift our consciousness. And then we can say, Lord, guide me. Faith, Diamata has said, is not that I will now sit back and you have to do everything. That's not the definition of faith. Faith is, I will reason, I will will, I will act, but guide thou my reason, will, and activity. So then we come out of our meditation and we will, and we act. Guruji, again in that booklet, he was writing to Rajasi, and he said, sometimes God gives us more work than we can do. How many feel that they have more work than they can do? Yes. But if we believe, now there's that faith again, if we believe in his power to work through us, it will work. Now listen to the next part. First we behold, God is the doer, and we are the instrument. Then we see, he is the doer, and he is the instrument. Talk about a relationship. Wow, to be able to see God is the doer and the instrument. And how did that come about? That came about through activity, with all this work, asking his power to flow through. So, the subject has been a relationship with God from the very beginning when we don't even think there is such a thing, to using our meditation and our activity. So it brings that relationship all around, all the time. Somebody came in for an interview one time and they sat down and I waited. And in the little prayer, I didn't feel the connection between the devotee and God. And they were talking about relationships and I kept trying to bring it back and then I listened. 
Finally, the devotee realized the problem with their relationships and the connection with others was that the individual wasn't having a deep enough connection with God in the relationship there. I'd like to just end with one little story about how important it is to be faithful. Going back to those very short meditations, whatever it is to keep the connection, keep the relationship. Okay, just the value of, of the short meditations. When I was a boy, I was running home. I was 11 or 12. And I cut across a lot, and there was a big wooden fence about this high, solid wood, and then there were some open spaces that you could put your hand through, about three of them, layers of open spaces. And this house was on the corner, and the fence was about 10 feet in from the road. So I was in a hurry to come home, and I came up the road, and I cut across outside the fence. I cut across just that 10 feet of public right-of-way, you know. And as I was in the middle of that, just crossing that little bit of land, a huge German shepherd hit that fence with all his weight and four legs and a tremendous explosion of barking and growling and everything like this. It shocked me. I must have jumped that high. And when I landed, I thought, come on now, I'm only running across the outside of your fence. That's entirely inappropriate for... <laughs> and for some reason, this little 10 or 11 or 12 year old kid that I was, I decided, you know, that's not right. So I'm going to come back every day at noon and see you. So we lived just right across from our school and I didn't need to go up there, but going home, I would walk the long block up, come and see this guy. And I would stand at the road and he would hit it and bark and all this kind of stuff. And so every day I just came by, stayed there for a few minutes, and then went the rest of the way around the block and home, and then ate lunch and went out and played baseball till the bell rang. And each day I would do this, and gradually I was able to get a little, I just stayed there for a couple of minutes. I was able to get a little bit closer, a little bit closer, a little bit closer. And one day I asked myself, can I touch the fence where that hole is and where his head is right on the other side. <laughs> so I was just about to touch it like that. And the lip went up on the side and the growl came out. Now, okay, you're not ready for this yet. So I kept coming and then one day I did it again and he let me touch the fence. And then the thought came, well, what about touching him? So I gave it a little bit longer and I visited. And one day then I put my hand through the fence and he put his neck like that for me to rub his neck. And then I did that for only a few days. And then I heard the shutters opening up here. This was a big, it was a black stone. It seemed to me like it was a big palace with a big yard and a very expensive house. And the shutters opened up in some small window upstairs. And a lady called out, would you like to come in and play with him? <laughs> and I said to her, I've been patting him. I called out to her and she said, I know, I've been watching you each day. <laughs> so I said, yes, I'd love to. So she came down and I went around and she opened the gate and I you know, got right down at his same level and he came up and he slobbered all over my face. <laughs> and I thought about this story afterwards and Again, in that same Rajasi memorial booklet where Master is writing to Rajasi and said, God is like the divine great lady of the universe, living up in the top of some palace. 
And so many people do so many things trying to seek her hand in marriage. But the one who gets it does more than anybody else, you know. And he succeeds in meeting her and convincing her of his love. There's that relationship again. But what worked for me in that relationship with the dog was just regularity of a little bit. So I'm saying, if we can't do all of the exercises all of the time, we should do some. <laughs> if we can only make the Hong Sa Om devotion short, we should do some. And every day, work on this most beautiful, beautiful relationship. Sister Gyanamata said, in a day that may be distant, but is sure. When with faith we work on cultivating this relationship that exists, that is already there. So Guruji said, at night be with him, and awaken in the morning, ready to battle with the world, with him by your side, with faith in your power to succeed, say, Come along, world, I am ready. Let's use that as an affirmation. Come along, world, I am ready. One more time. Come along, world, I am ready. Jai Guru, God bless us all.